Welcome to Celestial Small Talk with Alice and CJ. Celestial Small Talk refers to the big ideas, profound revelations, and deep connections that are created in the briefest of encounters. It is often in these moments that an imperceptible shift in thought can bring about the biggest change, helping us to more fully embody our intuition. We strive to inspire, illuminate, question, provoke, and spark the unique constellation within. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celestial Small Talk. Hi, CJ. How are you doing? Hi, I have been all over the place emotionally today, uh, but I got my head in the right space and took my needs and I am so ready to get into this conversation. How are you doing? Excellent. I'm doing really well, I think, um, sort of because I knew the energy that might happen today. I sort of just really returned to basic. And I pretty much didn't do much today. You know, I went on a hike this morning and just being hanging out with my friends. We were watching Hamilton earlier, sort of just taking it easy. And, you know, um, there have been, you know, indications of um, a little bit of an eternal conflicts, you know, here and there. But I recognized it. I called it out and I said, you know what, I'm going to take a step back. Yeah, and I'm very, very, very excited for today's um, episode. Um, So what are your intentions for today? To be honest, I am coming to the table completely present and a little ignorant of what you're going to be talking about because I have one of those weeks where I haven't gotten really a chance to sit down and dig into some of the stuff that you were planning. So interestingly, I lit a candle that a good for me that is just bergamot. And I looked up the spiritual properties of bergamot and it says it's the royal oil because it put into what is called rightful place. That means you have the understanding that you're in the right place at the right time. You are always in your perfect moment. That was so apt because I haven't planned really for this and I am forcing myself to be present. So what are your intentions? Um, My intention today is to share and spark curiosity, inspire knowledge, seeking, um, entertain, to not be afraid to dig deep and get real if we need to, and just to have fun. Um, This is one of our lighter episodes, you know, with just, you know, we're just having fun with astrology and with, you know, imaginary characters and, you know, just nerding out about, about them. Um, And, but, you know, don't think that we're not going to get, you know, deeper in our conversation. It's sort of like something we just do naturally anyways. Yeah, it was fun because I didn't do any prep and yet I thought to myself out what it means to be in a friendship and you showed me a lot of grace today when I had some stuff going on and that to me is such a mark of friendship to accept the other person exactly as as they are in any given moment. Um, So while you're coming to the table kind of super prep, I'm just like, well, it's going to Whatever's going to happen is going to be great because we're going to be talking about it and it'll be fun. Yes. Um, of course. I mean, you know, I, I, I've learned that 
you got to show up, you know, for your friends and you, and I've had those weeks, I've had those days where, you know, I'm sort my jar is completely empty and I'm just like here and, you know, and, and having somebody just understanding, you know, all of that and just giving me the space to still be, to still show up as I am, you know, um, it's important. So that's something that I always try to do better. So in today's episode, we are going to do character analysis on friends characters, um, you know, the sitcom, um, because my, my reason to, ch- to choose this particular set of people was because of the recent friends reunion that, you know, it kind of blew up my Facebook because I'm such a big friends fan. Um, and it's just sort of like something I can't avoid seeing so you know I kind of just got myself up and watched this reunion and um and it just sparked you know all of the nostalgia and everything and you know I went back and watched some of the old episodes and I just I remember why I fell in love with all these characters and then you know with my astrology mind um I just nerded out about all these things I was like oh this character is this particular sign and you know and and the amazing thing that I found um, during this whole research was that I actually found their birthdays. So some of them, they don't have really, you know, specific birthdays. And from my knowledge of astrology, I was able to kind of pinpoint what their actual dates would be. Some of them, I do have an idea of what their rising would be also. So that was really, that process has been really fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I have watched a lot of the older episodes, but never intention a specific order. So while I'm very comfortable talking about some of the characters, I'm totally going to defer to you as the expert in this case. Have you, did you get a chance to watch the Friends reunion? I didn't. So a lot of people thought that the reunion would be like a new episode. So many were disappointed because it was just a reunion of the cast and they sort of walked, you know, onto the set, their reactions when they saw each other again. They got to meet other sort of like supporting characters like Gunther and Janice and, you know, the parents and just, you know, just a lot of that. And there's a little fashion show with all of these iconic costumes from the the show overall it was you know it was kind of it, it was pleasant to see this true friendship that came out of working together among the cast and and at one point I did feel like you know it would have been nice to to see where they would have taken the, the characters you know 15 years from the the last episode but you know I think there's always something good about just ending things the way they are and just leaving it up because it's been so long that people have so many different theories of, you know, where they would be and to, to kind of just like make a decision and wipe out these other theories. I think it'll be sort of disappointing as well. I think it's really interesting to have that perspective because I think that's life when you have friendships, sometimes they don't always cleanly and even if you would want sort of a wrapped up bow at the end of something there is something very satisfying about like not a conclusion because like you said people are always going to kind of jump to their own conclusion and then compare with their thoughts versus what the creators thought and sometimes let it be as it was 
Yeah. Um, when your story is out there, it's no longer your story. You know, it's um, and I, I like that. I like the the fact that people can play around with these characters because now they're they're everybody's characters and everyone interprets each character differently, you know, and relate to them differently. And, um, you know, shows and movies are made to inspire. So um, I hope people took away, you know, more positive, more constructive things from the show and, you know, leave out things that are unhealthy. So I think it's time I dive in and just nerd out about these characters. Sounds great. I'll interject where I can. Okay. Um, so my initial assessment, I actually had to go back in and watch because I, I, it's been a really long time. It had been a really long time since I watched the show. So I don't have all the details memorized. So I went and watched a few episodes and, you know, my first like easy guess was Rachel. She is such a beautiful, sexy genuinely and effortlessly good-looking person and you know i just said she's she's venus she's venus ruled so she's either a taurus or a libra you know and then she just she loves to shop she loves the tangible material things she wants to be surrounded by love and by beauty and by pleasure and avoid you know conflicts and things and she likes nice things and i noticed that you know taurus or libra people are genuinely and effortlessly good looking um and they're just exude this oh thank you (laughs) you're welcome um and they just exude this like magnetism you know that people just are so attracted to them and they're so drawn to them um so rachel was easy she's just she's venus you know, and I was thinking she's more Taurus because of the material things, you know, like really Taurus is like really like possession, like what's, you know, in front of you um, and like enjoying life versus Libra is more like you strive to bring harmony and beautiful things to life. So it's like a receiving versus like working towards sort of things. I definitely identify pretty hard with Rachel. Um, not for all of the things that she wrote, but everything you were just talking about with the Libra and Taurus, I felt 100%. That's great. Um, yes, I so when I was watching, I really didn't identify myself with Rachel. I you know, I'm 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 more of a Monica and, and we'll we'll get into it and we'll see why I'm such a Monica. Um, but when I was looking up Rachel's birthdays, um, she's the only one with an actual like confirmed birthday compared to everybody else. Everybody else's birthdays are not like you have to work to get there. So her birthday, she told Gunther, you know, he was trying to get her to like, hey, I'm just collecting everybody's birthday. What's your birth? When's your birthday? And, you know, she said, oh, it's May 5th. Um, So, you know, her birthday is May 5th, um, 69, because it was explicitly stated. I use that as like a reference point for everybody else's. So she would be a Taurus sun, um, which I already cover above, and a Capricorn moon, which, you know, they're ambitious. So I, I thought that fit. I looked at the chart for May 5th, 69, and it was her, her moon tries Saturn, square Uranus, Jupiter, south node, and Pluto 
retrograde. All of the planets were retrograde. So it means that she had difficulty with emotional expression and processing that caused her to have more impulsivity and sometimes manipulation towards others. And I think that actually fit pretty well with her character. Sometimes, um, you know, she can be impulsive when she doesn't know how to process what she's feeling. First episode, she walked out of a wedding, you know, just went straight to the cafe to look for Monica and say, I'm living in the city now, you know. <laughs> and then she has Venus and Aries trying Mars and Sagittarius and her um, and her ascendant. So people with Venus, um, with any aspects to ascendant are beautiful gorgeous you know individual sexy she's like venus trines mars and then she has it square um pluto so she's passionate sexy adventurous with the mars in sagittarius um but she has underlying fear so she's adventurous but she's also afraid to be adventurous and i can see that you know there's just like she's sort of you know and with the taurus sun as well like they're more hesitant on trying something too out there, you know, and it doesn't that doesn't apply to you because you have Venus in Gemini and Venus in Gemini people just love trying new things and they love intelligent conversations, you know, she has Venus in Aries, so she just I'm gonna get what I want sort of thing. Um so the second character that was also easy for me to identify was Monica. She's definitely a fire sun. She's direct, independent, and competitive. So she's got to be an Aries, but she's also very clean. And that's the that's the bit, you know, of the show. She's very clean, and everything has to be in order, which is sort of code for like her way, you know, or the highway, almost to the point of obsession. And she cleans when she's stressed. So, you know, she's got to be a Virgo moon or a Virgo Mars. But I see that she gets stressed out when things are not clean. So that usually means that she has a Virgo moon and not a Virgo Mars. And then she's, you know, she's genuinely upset when things are not in order. Um, she's critical, you know, it's a little bit judgmental. I, at first I thought she could be a Taurus moon because, you know, she really loved food and she ate a lot. She used to be overweight, but Taurus moon people are really mellow. They're, you know, they just, they just like to take it easy and, you know, and she's not a take it easy kind of person. She's another explanation could be that she has her moon in her second house, which would make it seem like she has a Taurus moon. Moon in second house is just, uh, she could love food. She's concerned about her career and that would make her Leo rising. She's bossy. So, you know, it's, it fits that she could be a Leo rising. So I thought that she's an Aries sun, Virgo moon, and Leo rising. So the only thing that we have for her around the internet was that she was born um, around March or April 1969. So during that month or during that period of time for her to be an Aries sun, Virgo moon, her birthday would have to be March 31st and 69. So you looked at this particular chart. There are two days moon was in Virgo and it was March 31st or April 1st. But in the April 1st chart, you have the moon square Mars and that is more 
accurate for her because she's more emotionally driven and aggressive. Also, this placement indicates tough relationship with moms, you know, the Mars square moon. Um, so if anybody has that in their chart, there's, you know, there's indications that they have um, sort of a conflict, sort of like a, a headbutting kind of relationship with their mom, which is actually pretty accurate for Monica as well. I also saw her Mars trying her son, which explains her ambition and drive. Her Mercury conjunct North Node opposed Jupiter conjunct in Uranus explains why she's really loud and likes to boss people around. Well, I don't see all of those qualities in you, but there are definitely certain things that you mentioned that um, echo echo you, but the, the cleaning when you're stressed or being a little bit more in control and assertive. What is it that you identify with so much with Monica? Um, I identify with her rigidity in a sense. I try not to be, but I sometimes when I'm stressed, I need things to be a certain way. And, um, you know, because Virgo moon can be controlling. I said can because not everybody's the same. You have different aspects of your moon. Um, my moon is pretty out of the way. So it has, you know, it, it's kind of, it's more chill than most Virgo moon. Um, but when I get stressed out, I could get critical of myself and others. And, you know, I, I would need things to be a certain way. I've mellowed out so much, but, um, you know, it used to be really, um, it used to be in the way of my, my growth out of everyone. Um, she's more structured and ambitious. And that's something that I relate the most to compared to, um, Rachel or Phoebe, you know, I think I always wanted to be saw too much of Rachel and Monica in myself to really be able to fully embrace it, but I'm trying hard. (laughs) I think, I mean, uh, we do these things where we're like, oh, who do I identify with most? And, you know, um, and, and we do that. And there are a lot of people who sort of made these characters their, their life. Like they, they mark really important Um, points in their lives you know people would have like a friend's wedding or you know just like theme things and they like they call themselves these characters and I think there's just there's beauty in that you know there's beauty in like embracing um, the art and you know um, letting yourself go and just having fun but also important to remember that you are just perfect the way you are you know and I think that embracing everything that you are is so underrated and it is also very difficult. Yeah, it's easy to try to look for a similarity with someone you, which is the basis of a good friendship. And when we get to see these characters in all their glory and despair, you can see yourself in that with to humans. Humans, like we're I'm an alien or something. <laughs> It's comforting to people to realize that they they see them character. So I'm excited to see uh, hear about all the other characters you're going to talk about. Um, the next character that was easy, and I honestly, um, some people made fun of me, but I honestly had a crush on him, um, is Ross. And the reason why I had a crush on him was because he's really intellectual. He's a scientist. Like I just have the hots for scientists. And those leather pants come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh who can resist that I mean 
I think at towards the beginning, he was a lot more attractive than towards the end, unfortunately. He is definitely Mercury ruled. And so I was thinking he could be, you know, he could be a Capricorn or a Virgo um, or a Gemini. If he had any Gemini placement, it'll be his rising because he's all over the place um, and very intellectual. You know, he also thrived for togetherness almost to a fault. Like, hello, Mr. Three Divorces. Um, you know, he just he just need to attach himself to someone. Um, so I was looking around and I thought he could be a Libra because Libra, you know, like I said, thrive for unity and harmony and togetherness, you know, and also air signs are generally intellectual him being a little argumentative i would assume that he had some sort of fire mars or moon and so i was looking it up and ross's birthday has so many discrepancies um because at one point he said you know his birthday was october 18th and then there's another time when he was telling um when gunther was gathering rachel's birthday he told gunther hey my birthday is in december and gunther's like i don't care you know he walked away because uh, he just wanted rachel's birthday but you know he said my birthday's in december i'm like oh maybe he's a capricorn oh yeah i think it was around october when he said my birthday was seven months ago you know so it's it's like that would have been march and that's just like it didn't didn't line up but i just made a decision to um, stick with October 18th because that's a Libra and then he's two years older than Monica so he's born 67 um, you know and I was looking at um, October 18 67 and it was actually a lunar eclipse full moon in Aries and I thought that was really interesting because lunar eclipse people they can unearth a lot of things no pun intended there they can you know they can stir up things and I think that is sort of fitting with Ra. And when I looked at his chart, you know, obviously his moon and sun are opposite because it was a full moon with Mars and Sagittarius trining Jupiter and his moon. And so it's very fire focus, you know, with his sun in Libra, which we talked about conjuncting the south node. So like your comfort zone is to be with someone so much so that you would do anything to just attach yourself to someone you know and then sometimes that becomes a really bad habit that you keep falling back to especially when you don't feel good about yourself so I thought that was fitting and then the next person she's one of my favorite and that is Phoebe Phoebe is just a hands-down Aquarius you know, she's the odd one. She's the secret genius who follows her own rules. Um, and she's a bit detached and rebellious, you know, against conventional belief. So this was actually really fun because I there was no really birth year. But we know that she was born February 16th because she told Frank Jr. I was looking up some there are some theories out there that says she was born in 65 and February 1665 she would have to have a leo moon which is not accurate for her she's very otherworldly kind of oriented and leo is just like and then i was looking maybe 66 and it was a capricorn moon and i'm like capricorn moon people tend to have a hard time processing their emotions and she is sort of like an emotional compass for a lot of people on the show so i thought that doesn't fit so i looked at 64 and, you know, early 
in the day in 64, it would be Pisces moon. And that's just perfect. You know, Pisces is all about otherworldly, esoteric, you know, just very head in the clouds kind of thing. So I actually look at that chart and put like about 3 a.m. Um, as a birth time. And there's like a sun conjunct Saturn and Mars in her chart. And then her moon is opposing Pluto. So the sun conjunct Saturn and Mars sort of like explains the daddy issues. Moon opposed Pluto is like mommy issues. But in general, you know, these are like placements for like tough upbringing. Um, The Saturn conjunct sun could be, you know, really strict father or an absent father which happened to her and especially if these placement happened in the 12th house so that would make her a pisces rising her moon opposed pluto and uranus could mean that she had to deal with manipulative and impulsive mother or maternal figure which i think also resonated with her character and i also saw the venus in aries sextile mercury and aquarius so it's like pioneering and inventive and you know she had the potential to be a motivational speaker but she chose to write songs instead which you know just that's great her her songs are very special very special it's hard not to immediately have one in your head and so I'm not going to hum any of them right now (laughs) so with Joey and Chandler this was more of a dig because there's not really indication of any sort of you know, there's just not a lot. So Joey's birthday, they just said it was like early, early January. And that was it, which would make him a Capricorn. Um, so before I dig into their birthdays, I just thought Joey doesn't share food, which is sounds like, you know, it could be some some sort of tourist placement in there. Or, you know, because he just, he enjoys food. He's just mellow. He, he likes to just chill and enjoy life and, you know, somewhat similar to Rachel, but he has more of a detached kind of nature. So his moon has to be air sign or fire sign. I would, I, you know, I I thought it might be more like an air sign because he's really detached and just chilling, you know, all the time. Um, And he also may have some Leo tendency in there because he's very, he's an actor, you know, so just very spotlight oriented. He's uplifting and sweet and he's protective, you know, so I thought maybe he has some Leo in there too. So when I looked at the January possibilities, it took me a little bit, but I had, you know, theories about him having a Libra moon, a Pisces moon or a Capricorn moon. And out of all three, the one that fit the best is the Libra moon. Yeah, so this is interesting because Capricorn people are very ambitious and hardworking. And unfortunately, we didn't really get to see a lot of his working, working. You know, we see him like practicing, you know, and, and learning his lines. And, you know, there there was a period of time when he was on Days of Our Lives, you know. So, I mean, he worked really hard until... <laughs> until it was kicked off and killed off and so I think you know it's not entirely impossible that he has Capricorn even though he's really mellow Um, I've met some Capricorns who are pretty mellow and just you know I and with the Libra moon theory it fits really well because Libra moon you they just they just want to be together with other people you know so he has a hard time with abandonment in a sense and then mars this would put his mars in libra as well which sort of explains how he's not such a go-getter you know mars 
falls in Libra because Mars rules Aries and Scorpio, and it's uncomfortable in Libra. You know, it's sort of like um, very indirect kind of energy, not such a go-getter. So it kind of explains how, you know, it works out for him. Like he he cares. His Venus is in Capricorn. He cares about his career, but he is not super great at like you know, going out there and getting it. It's also important to remember that, you know, they're in their 20s in this show. And in the 20s, you're not a formed individual. And you're going through a lot of that growth that I don't think really materializes based on what your chart says until your 30s or um, yes, that's a really good point. Um, what I really liked about the Friends reunion was that the one line, what did the producer said? It was the one line cell. Do you know that period of time in your life when your friends are your family? That was the the line of the show. And I think what you said is really true in that like they there's just a period of time in your life where you are sort of just starting to get to know who you are and what you want to do in your life and you know your your family the people you are around um the most who show up for you the most are are your friends and i think that's such a beautiful thing and they said that towards the end of the show everybody kind of sort of had their own family, you know, with Rachel and Ross had having Emma and Monica and Chandler had their own baby. They just thought that was the point when they can, you know, they could end the show because it's no longer about, you know, the friends just having fun and getting into shenanigans together. See, that to me really feels like my 20s. I don't, I, I feel like that time right after is a, such a solidifying independent moment when a lot of times people are breaking away from their previous versions of family or who they were and they do evolve throughout the show, right? Because the show was on for a very long time. But in my experience in 20s is kind of that time of exploring all of those things and using that chosen family to kind of help you get through it and then we have our lovely so I started uh, I started the show having crush on Ross and then I start slowly shifting over to Chandler because he's just so witty and funny and he just doesn't care and there's just a lot of theories on the internet that says he's you know he's got to be a Gemini and I think that's a really solid theory because he's just sarcastic and detached and he laughs in the name of chaos but I'm thinking this is more of his moon because I have somebody very close to me Um, My soulmate has a Gemini moon and he acts really similarly to Chandler. You know, he likes to joke around, you know, he likes to break the silence. He likes to, you know, sort of get goofy about things. Um, Very witty, very witty. Um, I'm thinking, you know, it's, it probably fits better that he has a Gemini moon. A lot of Gemini moon people also have chaotic childhood. So I thought that would be more... Uh, fitting and so in one of the episodes um, I think somebody did like a surprise birthday for um, Rachel and she said well my birthday is not until next month and Chandler's birthday is even before me 
So that just kind of narrowed down. We know Rachel's birthday was May 5th. So I was like, okay, it's in somewhere like early April to late April. Um, so I did a round and I was like, okay, well, when during April 1968 did we have Gemini moon? It was either the 3rd or the 30th, which would make him either an Aries or a Taurus. And so I did actually ran both chart and it is more fitting that he had a, the April 30th birthday because with the April 3rd, you have you have Venus and Mercury conjunct in Pisces oppose, you know, Pluto and like tri-Neptune. So this person would have been really like poetic and, and romantic and just like their heads in the clouds and just sort of really not Chandler. Also with their sun sextiling the moon, it would make them well-adjusted emotionally and comfortable expressing their emotions. That also isn't Chandler. I was looking at the April 30th chart and it fits him a lot better. Um, and he has a T-square in his chart, usually indicates having a lot of internal conflicts. And I, you know, I thought that was more fitting with his Mercury and his sun in Taurus, you know, I've met a lot of really funny Tauruses. Oh, and if you have heard of Stephen Colbert has a son in Taurus and Moon in Gemini, and he's so witty. And I think that is such a fitting placement for somebody who likes comedy. Um, and Chandler, this particular chart has his Mars in Taurus, which is um, also in its fall. So you know, he, his action to, he takes action slowly, sort of like he's, it's more measure and he's just like taking his time with things. And I think that's also pretty fitting with, um, you know, with his, his job and like he slowly got out of the job and like trying new things, um, you know, and got into <laughs> advertising. That was a really funny bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun just like playing around with these characters and around with these charts and um, that shall end the end of my nerdy <laughs> rant. Well, it's very clear that you had a lot of fun while doing it. And it's interesting to see your thought process and depth of knowledge that you have with astrology. I do not have that depth of astrology. So some of the more technical terms, I was like, nah, I'm not sure what she's talking about. But when you talk about uh, anecdotes and personality traits, I could kind of start associating them with the rising and the moon and the sun sign. And so I'm learning a little bit more each week from you. So before I even looked at anything to prep for this episode, all I thought about was the title Friends. And when I think of Friends, I think about teens and 20s with a particular group of friends who we call ourselves the be the 20 best friends moving company because we have known each other forever through every stage of life. And I wanted to think about groups of friends really mean. And so I pulled the card, the four of candles as an anchor card. So I'm back using the numinous deck, which I use first podcast, which is the first deck that I picked up. And the four of candles imagery is one of celebration. It looks like a May Day celebration where everyone's sitting around in a circle with flowers and these 
gorgeous big pillars of flames underneath a night sky. And this is what I remember best from nights with these wonderful people is just sitting around a fire, looking at shooting stars and celebrating each other. And I use this card as ever because it really felt like that stability of coming together and celebrating because what that does is bring everyone up lets everyone be seen and felt in a way that you might not in other aspects of your life so we all get a chance to celebrate the unique gathering to the table and it represents back to what you were talking about this idea of a chosen family and those people who become your chosen family mold you in such important ways. So the four of candles was my way of representing what I believe an ideal friendship is like. And when I thought about the challenges that come up in relationships uh, and friendships, people always or oftentimes people about what needs to be tended. And the card that came out for that was the Eight of Bells, which has this imagery of a figure who's just surrounded by these clamoring and their hands are in their face. And that to me really represented this negative self-talk, imposter syndrome, ego stories, trauma that we can let surround us if we don't check in with our friend group and have them show us to ourselves and round us back into who we really are because those stories and all of those things that are constantly circling us and making us feel a certain way held with supportive friendships. So that to me is what you really need to tend is making sure you're uplifting your friends and showing them the wonderful human beings that they are um, independent of those ego stories or past traumas or experiences that they feel like are defining to them. And if we do that, what we gain from that effort is the 10 of vials, which has always to me felt like the wish card in any death because it speaks to the deepest need of our inner child to live happily ever after. And isn't that what everyone wants to have deep relationships that are seen fulfilling throughout the entirety of your lives? And the imagery on this card is just so beautiful because it's it's three friends who are sitting under a by a waterfall near a redwood forest with just gorgeous flowers blooming around them. So it's this idea of our coming over, literally being able to share ourselves with others and receiving the gift of other stories is what makes that magic and what really fills up our cups. So when we allow ourselves to have that shared experience of growth, along with the heartache, along with the joy and focus on that celebration, our cups are always going to be full. And so I wanted to just end this reading with a shout out to friends that I've had in life, both in passing and forever. Cheers. That was awesome. I've always enjoyed your, your readings. Yes, the, the upcoming um, new moon in Gemini is going to have sort of the same theme. So it's really fitting that we are talking about it right now. And this episode is going to be aired just days before the new moon solar eclipse. And, you know, in Gemini, Gemini is, you know, is very social. Um, and it's, for me, particularly, it's going to be in my 11th house of friendship. So, um, you know, the, the, the solar eclipse is going to be sort of like a new beginning. 
of our intellectual and social lives and, you know, and relating to others and relating to our truth. So I thought it's really beautiful what you pulled because I think it has, you know, really great reminders of going back to what you value the most and, you know, um, remembering um, the important people in your life, you know, the rock that have always been there for you. And don't let any changes or any shift to startle you, you know, because you are supported and you are unconditionally loved. And you just need to go back and be together, it's, you know, especially in the times of uncertainty. And that's so fitting because in a week and a half, I will actually be back and getting to see a lot of these people, which will be such a fulfilling time. And I won't be able to see everyone, which really stinks, but you do what you can with the time that you these people and um, it's going to be wonderful. Oh, I'm so excited for you. What are you grateful for today, Alice? I am grateful for new beginnings. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the people I do have in my life um, currently. And I'm grateful for my growth and my journey, you know, for better or worse. What about you? I'm also grateful for growth and and for noob time, this episode airs, I will have spent my last day in a classroom uh, in 13 years. Uh, so I'm going through a huge transition in my life. Um, and as an emotional person, of course, I feel very emotional about it. Um, but it's been amazing to the friendships that have kept me going throughout the years. Um, some people who are no longer in my life for various reasons and those who have been aside for 15 plus years um, has been just unbelievable. I wouldn't be the person who I am today. So I am grateful for those connect, grateful for all the lessons that I have learned and that I will continue to learn. Thank you for sharing. Um, yes, that's something that I actually should say or verbalize more is also the connections that sort of ran its course but you know have taught me so much you know about togetherness and independence and um just shape who I am today really for better or worse for all the heartbreaks that we had to go through and I you know I wish everybody the best and I wish that you know everybody could learn to love themselves as much as possible as I do the same. The weekly astrology forecast for Monday, June 7th through Sunday, June 13th. Monday, June 7th. This will be a highly rebellious day with unconventional approaches being at odds with stubborn, conservative and stagnant energies or with the need to slow down and enjoy the present being at odds with sobering responsibilities and obligations to work for delayed gratification. We will feel revolutionary, yet have to constantly face restrictions and blockages, especially in the different areas of technology and innovation. It will not be entirely comfortable, but this is a good opportunity to go back to basics and work around the non-negotiables to reach compromises that will be beneficial in the long run. Tuesday, June 8th. 
with mindfulness meditation or spiritual engagement in the night before, we can expect deep and vivid dreams that allow for transformative interpretations when we wake up and inspire sentimental actions. Let any esoteric and spiritual revelation transmute you and encourage a deeper connection with your higher self. The rest of the day will most likely be spent with heightened optimism and intellectual exploration. We will probably be spending time seeking insatiably for explanation, science, and evidence to allow for a better understanding. Please know that it is okay not having all the answers just yet. The search can be actually just as fun and fulfilling. Wednesday, June 9th. This day will be when the search and sharing of knowledge and facts meet significant dedication and commitment. There is a more serious tone to the day compared to the day before. This is a great day for doing extensive research or studying anything that needs a large amount of concentration and curiosity. We are going to be more willing to listen as well, so it is also a good day to clarify, teach, or hash up details of anything that has been confusing. Thursday, June 10th. There is a new moon in Gemini, solar eclipse at 19 degrees. This solar eclipse will happen very close to the end of the second decan, which is ruled by Mars and associated with the Nine of Swords tarot card. This is the Lord of Cruelty, representing anxiety, fear, excessive worrying. This is a new beginning that implies a great and total destruction of what's before. We are starting fresh because we have to, and there sure are a lot of unknowns. Gather as much information as you need, but remember to decipher them, as not all claims are factual, valid, or relevant to your path. There will be deep and intense uncoverings of the truth that might trigger a massive spiritual transformation. There will be highs and lows, beginnings and endings, major faded interactions and events to come. This is your cue to brace for massive earthquaking shifts happening that will require major adjustments on your path. There will be a complete overhaul of everything you're familiar with for better or worse. You are being propelled towards your highest path. Take the throne and trust the process. These changes will bring about what's true for you, but they will require sitting through some discomfort and allowing yourself to be transformed for the better. Cry if you must, but don't fight it. You will be so thankful for these changes later. Friday, June 11th. We will start feeling more optimistic, sentimental, and hopeful today, despite not having a clue where things are going. Luck and abundance will also be in your corner. Energies, productivity, and motivations will finally pick up where we can get things done with conviction, advocacy, and authority. Take a chance today to make important steps towards your goals, show up for one another, and raise each other up. Saturday, June 12th, positivity and sentimentality will continue from yesterday's energy, but it will be a little more cozy and intimate. Secure attachment, appreciation for emotional safety, and nostalgia will heighten. Expect romance and attraction to be in the air. Spontaneity and pleasure will also be served with warmth and comfort. I hope you'll genuinely enjoy yourself and push away any fear and doubt. Sunday, June 13th. Our dreams might be more emotionally and familiarly focused the night before and leave us with fear, powerlessness, and unease when we wake up today. 
Stay grounded in your reality. Take stock of what's real, present, and worthy of your appreciation, as we know impermanence prevails. There might be unexpected or shocking romantic gestures or attraction coming our way, but beware of emotional manipulation or getting carried away with fantasies. We can appreciate what's offered, but we must know and enforce our emotional boundaries. Later on in the day, be mindful of overinflated egos, including our own. There seem to be a lot of self-proclamations, but with minimal mutual understanding. Debates can be healthy, but only when there is effective listening involved. If you are interested in more daily transit interpretations, guidance on your astrology chart, getting advice on relationships based on astrology, and more, you can find me on Instagram at Truth Told Early. There is a lot to consider when you want to guess someone's sign or look at someone's chart. If you want to re-listen and follow along visually, the fastest way to generate a chart without a birth time is by googling moon sign then the month, day, and year. Click on the first AstroSeq link you see. You should be able to access the moon phase calendar of that particular day. Click on chart to see what the chart of someone born around noon of that day looks like. There are also some terminologies I used around which you might get lost, such as the aspects between planets in a chart. The best analogy for this is if your life and personality were a play, then imagine the planets as actors, the signs as their roles or characters they play, and the aspects, which are the words like conjunct, trine, square, oppose, as the conversations, the script, the tension or harmony that create the plot of the play. Conjunction, which is when two planets are extremely close together, is a blend of energies. Trines, 120 degrees apart, are more harmonious. Squares, 90 degrees apart, and oppositions, 180 degrees apart, are more conflict-inducing. If you're seriously interested in learning about how to guess someone's sign or read someone's chart, I would start with learning the basic characteristics of the planets, signs, and aspects and go from there. The first astrology book I've ever owned was the only astrology book you'll ever need. If you want a comprehensive starting point, that would be where I would suggest. Friendships need to be tended with reciprocal effort, time, and enjoyment in order to evolve and thrive. Some people will be in your life for brief but impactful moments, and others will show up and stay by your side through it all. Each friendship is as valuable as another. Appreciate friends who allow you the safety of being vulnerable and who do you the favor of being honest. Lean on them to help you reality check when you listen to your incessant internal chatter. Find people who accept all parts of you and keep them close. If you have someone in mind who you've been meaning to reach out to, send a quick message to let them know you're thinking of them. We promise that they've been thinking about you too. And if you do, we'd love to hear your stories on Instagram or YouTube. You can reach us at celestialsmalltalk at gmail.com, on Instagram 
at Celestial Small Talk and on YouTube under Celestial Small Talk. Please listen, like, review, share, grow, learn, and love.